the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together to help our world through this crisis. Episode number 19, Abby is in danger. Phoebe tries to come to the rescue. Back at the house, Penny and Glenda began organizing the containers and putting together some lunch. While Phoebe stood around worrying about Abby and trying to respond to Tiny. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. Where did Abby go? Can we visit Kayla? I want to see Kayla. I'm, I'm hungry. Phoebe offered to play ball with Tiny outside. And with the help of a Nerf ball and a few soccer moves, they made the time fly. Phoebe was elated that her knee was clearly improving. After lunch, Glenda and Tiny hurried off to visit Tiny's father's parents. And as Phoebe washed the dishes, Penny began organizing the kitchen for another baking session. Phoebe wandered off unnoticed and drank coffee on the steps. There's no getting around it. Abby tried selling vegetables to Scudder. They'll come after her for every piece of information she may know. My father asked me to prevent this, and it's already happening. And I don't even know what this precious information is. But it doesn't matter. I'm out of here. I'll do all I can. It was mid-afternoon on a beautiful day. Phoebe set off down Main Street with all the speed she could manage. At Bridge Avenue, she turned right and limped hurriedly toward the river and the forest beyond. In less than an hour, she was on the dirt road to the dead end, walking in the shadow of the thick pine trees, the long branches reaching out into the road. As she followed the curve, she saw an old green car a short distance ahead, facing the rusted gate, marking the end of the road and the entrance to the abandoned house. Phoebe froze. We'll have to check again. They want that girl. Phoebe dropped flat in the dirt and crawled under the nearby branches. But Will, why does he want her? How do I know? He just said, find her and bring her. Yeah, but what if we had found her? What if she didn't want to go? What were we supposed to do then? I told you, he said, persuade her. That's your job. The two men were standing by the car. Phoebe could see the old work boots and jeans of one of them. My job? What do you mean? I don't even know what he wants with her. You're not supposed to know. Just make something up. 
Marcus, um, she likes you. Ah, uh, you mean lie to her? Trap her? Is that it? You don't have to see it that way. You better keep those thoughts to yourself. They want that girl bad. A car door opened and slammed with a bang. The other door opened and closed more quietly. The engine coughed to a start, and the car moved forward and back in an effort to turn around. Damn road isn't big enough to ride a bike on. The car passed a few feet from where Phoebe lay. And they'll probably just send us back again. The car puttered slowly by, making a strange rhythmic clicking that slowly faded down the road. Phoebe felt her heart thumping against the ground beneath her. She lay without moving for what seemed a long time. On the way back, Phoebe thought of avoiding the road, but the forest was thick and dark and without a path. So she walked carefully near the trees, stopping and peeking ahead around every bend. Her body was covered in sweat. She felt helpless, alone in the forest with a bad knee. That older man is dangerous. What did he say? I think it was, you don't have to see it that way. It's like he thinks you can see something that's wrong and then just magically see it differently. A problem? You can think it away. A man like that can do anything, especially for a boss. Is there a problem? Well. He told me to do it. I thought it was just for fun. And that one called Marcus? He must be Abby's ex-boyfriend. Poor guy. What a conversation. About someone who was his girlfriend. Just persuade her. What a joke. The reply? You mean lie to her? The reply? You don't have to see it that way? Don't have to see it that way? What a dangerous attitude. They could just kidnap Abby and say, Oh, we didn't think it was kidnapping. We were just persuading her. We were just following orders. Phoebe suddenly wondered if she should have gone into the abandoned house to warn Abby. And she imagined a scenario where the two men arrived looking for Abby. In a moment, it was clear that Abby had thought through this type of danger already. People could not approach the house without her seeing them first, leaving her plenty of time to slip into the forest where she could move as swiftly as a fox. Their only chance of encountering her would be in town, where the presence of other people would provide some level of safety. And Abby knows these men. 
It's all so confusing. But she's probably okay for the time being. But I do need to talk this over with someone. Not Penny or my father. They don't trust Abby. I need someone who does trust her. And that's Glenda. Abby might even go to stay with Glenda. Though she didn't tell me. She didn't want to put her and Tiny in danger. And I thought Abby was exaggerating. But clearly I was just ignorant. The danger is real. The sun was slowly setting. Another long day was over. Phoebe guessed that Glenda and Tiny would be home by now. After stalking along the stretch of the road that wound through the forest, she came to the top of an incline and looked down the slope to the river and the half-moon bridge and all the way up the gentle slope to town. The green car was nowhere in sight. A blanket of shadow was covering Middletown by the time Phoebe took a left on Main Street. The last pale glow of the setting sun was ahead of her, and a nearly full moon was rising behind. At Oak Knoll Lane, she turned left and walked up to Glenda's cottage. A cool breeze blew out of the dark forest, rustling the leaves and moving the shadows in the moonlight. She knocked gently on Glenda's door. Who is it? Glenda's nervous voice came through the letter slot. It's me, Phoebe. The door opened quietly, and Glenda stepped outside. I just got Tiny to sleep. We can talk out here. I only need a minute. What is it? Glenda gave a slight shudder of fear, sensing that Phoebe carried bad news. Is Abby here? No, she didn't come back today. Why, did something happen? I'm worried. After lunch today, I walked to the haunted house to see if Abby was okay. That scene in the supermarket was bothering me. When I got close, I saw a car. So I hid under the trees. Two men were talking. They were looking for Abby. Someone had sent them in search of her. I, I think, I think they were supposed to trick her into coming with them. It didn't sound like they would use force. But it's hard to be sure. Somebody else was in charge of the whole thing. I wondered if you could advise me. Oh, what if, what if they have her now? No, they didn't find her. She wasn't there. Or she was hiding. We need to warn her, though. Do you know who these men are? No, I couldn't see them and didn't recognize their voices. One is named Marcus. He's younger and nicer than the other. Oh, no, I was afraid of something like this. I felt it coming. She clasped her hands in anxiety. I have no idea where Abby is. But she has parents in Ridgewood. Maybe she's gone back there. I might be able to find somebody with their phone number. 
That's a good idea. Is there anything I should do? I'll go back to the haunted house, but they might watch it. Glenda looked toward the moon rising in the sky. Not tonight. Too risky. Besides, Abby is clever. More clever than people think. She appears and disappears. I don't think they'll catch her at the house. But they might catch you. Yeah, that's true. Abby can't make a friend. She's got us. And don't worry, I'm not trying to get you involved. But this is something you need to be aware of, you know, to warn Abby and be careful. I understand, and I really appreciate it. Let me know if you find out anything. I will. And tell me if you hear anything. I'll see you at the party. Okay. Good night. Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can't see My star no more My God no more These closing doors and I don't know what to say But my thoughts they won't play Like they used to in my mind And I sit here and sigh just wasting my time And it's all from my worst dream Dark vision that I have seen and it's always there At the corner of my eye Somewhere in my heart Somewhere in my Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can see My star no more My God no more These closing doors Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference 
and every action counts.